Coming up on today's Locked on Dimebacks podcast, looking at D-backs projections for next season according to Zips, and then which free agents are still available that the D-backs can go after, discussing all that on today's Locked on Diamondbacks podcast. You are Locked on Diamondbacks, your daily Arizona Diamondbacks podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome into the Locked On Dimebacks Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Your team every day listening to the always charismatic host of this podcast, Miller Thomas, I'm a multimedia journalist and I'm a graphic designer. So please go check out my website, MillerThomas24.myportfolio.com. On there, you can see all my latest work from my packages to my articles to my photos and my graphic design. If you want to see more content by me, just follow me on Twitter at CreatorThomas24 for my personal account, or just look up Locked on Dimebacks on both Twitter, Instagram for the podcast handle. And of course, thank you for making Locked on Dimebacks your first listen every day. I would not be able to do this podcast without you, my loyal listeners, sharing, subscribing, reviewing, doing all that so I could do this podcast for you. Thank you. It's free and available on all platforms, so please continue to tell your friends. One of those platforms is YouTube, so please hit subscribe on the Locked on Dimebacks YouTube channel because we are trying to hit 300 subscribers by Christmas. It'll be a great Christmas gift to your favorite host, Miller Thomas, so please hit subscribe on the Locked on Dimebacks YouTube. And quick, quick reminder, today's episode is brought to you by BetOnline. BetOnline has you covered this season more props, odds, and lines than ever before. BetOnline, where the game starts. Now, I want to start this podcast off by doing some D-backs projections for the 2023 season because Zips Fangraphs have dropped their projections for next season. One of their writers sits down. I guess he goes through every single team. Dan, I don't even know how to pronounce your name because it looks very tough. I, I don't even want to try to butcher it, but Dan at Fangraphs does the Zip projections. It looks like he's doing it for every team. He just did the D-backs. So, Let's talk about some takeaways that we have from these zip projections for the D-backs in 2023. I first want to look at the lineup, the hitters for the D-backs. And here are some takeaways that stood out to me when looking at the projections. And if you want to see the projections, the full list, just type in D-backs 2023 zip projections. Should be the first thing that pops up. It's the Fangraphs article. Should not be hard to find. First thing that sticks out when looking at the projections... Corbin Carroll is expected to be the best position player according to war next season for the D-backs. And that's only a surprise just because we haven't seen Corbin Carroll do it for a full season just yet. If we end the 2023 season with Corbin Carroll as the undeniable best D-back, I don't think that would surprise anyone. I think it's just more surprising to actually hear it be said out loud before this season even gets played out. It's hard to imagine a guy who we haven't seen for more than however many games he played last year being the best player for the D-backs over the course of a season. We still have the best second baseman in the world in Ketel Marte, and you still got really good players from the Dalton Varshows and the Christian Walkers of the world. So Corbin Carroll being the D-backs best player is not a surprise. It's just a little surprising when you first read it before we even see it get played out because Corbin Carroll is projected to have a 253 average, 341 OBP, and a 428, uh, 428 slugging. I have to remember what that third slash was for a second. OPS 
plus of 110 and a 3.9 war, 16 home runs, 20 stolen bases, just an overall really good, really fine season, a borderline all-star level season, a, a, a rookie season, I believe it'll still be counted as a rookie season for Corbin Carroll. So if he puts up those numbers next season, Corbin Carroll will be right in the race for rookie of the year. And Remember, it would only be his first year, so if he puts up numbers like that in his first year, it will only give us a little glimpse into the surface that Corbin Carroll can scratch with this ceiling because if a rookie is putting up 16 home runs, 20 stolen bases, and those rest of the numbers and being the best player as a rookie, imagine what he's going to look like in year four, five, six, and seven for the Arizona Diamondbacks. How about this one? Keto Marte will bounce back. But not look like the 2019 or 2021 Ketel Marte. I think some of that is just because when you do projections like this, season-long projections, you're always going to lean to more of the conservative side. So I'm not mad at the projections that they have for Ketel Marte. They're saying a 283 average, 352 OBP, a 470 slugging. So I think he's going to have a better slash line than a Corbin Carroll. It's going to be those other counting numbers. And the defense for Corbin Carroll's wise is worth higher as well. But the counting numbers for Ketel Marte aren't going to be crazy. Crazy according to the projections. 16 home runs, 59 RBIs. So it's going to be a solid bounce back season. The slash line numbers, I think, are going to really improve according to these projections. But my personal projections for Keta Marte, I want more than 283 average and whatever that 800 plus OPS was. I want to see the old Keta Marte where he's batting around 300, where his OPS is between 850 and 900. Maybe he is a 16 home run guy because the power seems to come and go. But I want to see 80 plus RBIs. This is someone that should be driving home runs. This is someone that has been great in the middle of the D-backs order, at the top of the D-backs order, driving in runs pre-2022. So I want to see Keta Marte getting back to being a force for runners in scoring position. I believe he can do it. He's one of the best pure hitters of baseball. He just has to show it once again. So I like the projections for Keta Marte, according to Zips, but I do think they're a little low. The next takeaway I had is the speed projections, I think, are a little modest for the D-backs because I'm all in on the D-backs leading the National League in stolen bases as a team next year. As soon as BetOnline drops that prop bet on their website, I'm rushing there and I'm putting the house on that because right now, Zips projects 80 stolen bases between Dalton Varsho, Corbin Carroll, Alec Thomas, Josh Rojas, and Jake McCarthy. And that averages out to about 16 stolen bases per player there. And I'm like, that just feels kind of low when you think about Jake McCarthy being up and down between the minor leagues and majors the first couple months of last year. Josh Rojas not being there for the start of the season. Thomas not being there for the start of the season, not being there for the end of the season. Carroll only come in, coming in at the end of the year. And the D-back still put up monster stolen base numbers last year. Like, I think for next season, like, I could see Dalton Varsho. Yeah, he might be around 15 stolen bases like he's projected, but I think Carroll could be a 30-plus guy. I think Jake McCarthy, if he's getting another 120, 130 games, he's going to be around 30 stolen bases. Josh Rojas, all of a sudden, is a 15 to 20 stolen base guy. I think Thomas is really the one who only stole, like, four bases last year, got caught three times, but in terms of sprint speed, is, like, one of the league leaders. So I think Thomas is going to be the guy that really takes the leap forward in terms of his speed, if the bat could come around, because that would be what keeps him in the lineup is his bat and his defense, of course. So if he can improve offensively and get on base a little bit more, I think we'll see a lot more stolen bases from Alec Thomas. And I would smash over 80 stolen bases combined between these five players. 
Next takeaway that I found pretty fascinating, believes Carson Kelly will be twice as valuable as he was last year, according to War at least, because last year, Carson Kelly had a war of 0.8, but he's projected to have a 1.9 war, and I think they're projecting Carson Kelly to pretty much stay the same defensively, get a little bit better defensively, but really at the plate, just going to look a lot more comfortable there. His BABIP is going to be around 277, tap into a little bit more power, probably a 409 slugging percentage for Carson Kelly, projecting 12 home runs and 366 plate appearances. They're not expecting a monster season or anything like that, but they're just like, Carson Kelly's going to have a modest season. He's going to be improved from last year, ran into some bad luck at the plate, Hard contact was still there, but it was a lot of just ground balls and line drives to the defense. So I think they're expecting a little bit of positive regression for Carson Kelly without expecting him to bounce back to what we saw in 2019. And Carson Kelly's projected war 1.9 is interesting because it's ahead of both Jake McCarthy and Alec Thomas, who Zips just doesn't know how to project, I guess, because they basically think both of them are going to have the same kind of season next year. I think Alec Thomas is going to have like 50 more plate appearances, but they're both going to bat 255. Like it says, Thomas 255 average, Jake McCarthy 256 average, OBP for Thomas 311, OBP for McCarthy 320, 400 slugging for Thomas, 405 slugging for Jake McCarthy with the same OPS plus, damn near, same isolated power, damn near, same BABIP, damn near, and then Thomas a 1.9 war, so tied with Carson Kelly, and then Jake McCarthy a 1.7 war. Zips, these two players just have them super close, and that could be very accurate. These two players could be basically the same version of themselves next season. So I wouldn't be too upset if both of them are about two war players heading into next season. Then the final takeaway I had from Zips' projections from looking at the hitters, Kyle Lewis. They think if he could hit 350 plate appearances, they think he could hit at least 13 home runs that number interests me a lot because I do not need Kyle Lewis to do much I just need him to play about 80 games just DH just be a right-handed platoon and just smash home runs just be Jordan Luplo but a little more consistent in terms of stuff you do outside of hitting home runs because Jordan Luplo is pretty much home run or bust if you could just bat 250 with those 13 home runs I think all D-backs fans would be happy with that and I can officially say that Kyle Lewis for Cooper Hummel trade was a fleece now, before we look at the pitchers, according to the Zips projections, I first have a very important message to tell you guys. Did you know that driving high is considered driving under the influence? That's right. Driving under the influence of marijuana is against the law in every state, even in states where marijuana is legal. That means driving high could get you a DUI. And if you think law enforcement officers can't tell when you're driving high, you're wrong. Your friends can tell, your coworkers can tell, even your parents can tell, everyone can tell. So it makes you think that law enforcement officers don't know when you're driving high. Driving under the influence of marijuana can slow your response time and change how you perceive time and speed. So even if you think you're fine to drive when you're high, you're not. Because the bottom line is, if you feel different, you drive different. And driving high is driving under the influence. So remember, drive high get a DUI paid by NHTSA.
All right, all right, all right. Let's get back into the podcast. And now let's look at some of those projections for the D-backs pitching staff because I do have some takeaways from the D-backs. Uh, I do have some takeaways from the projections for the D-back staff as well because right now, these projections, for my taste at least, I think are a little bit light. I think it's a little bit light when they're looking at the Zach Gallen. Merrill Kelly projections. I'm not totally in love with what I'm seeing from the projections right now because right now I like the strikeout numbers for Zach Allen. 176 strikeouts and 165 innings pitched next season, but a 3-4-2 ERA from Zach Gallen projected. I'm sorry, what Zach Gallen did last season when he led the league in whip and hits per nine and had one of the best ERAs in the National League next year, uh, best ERAs in the National League last year, I think he's going to do it Again next year, because if you look at Zach Allen's career with the D-backs, if you take out 2021, this guy's been like around a 2-5, year ERA every season with the D-backs. And of course, we all know he's with Brent Strom for hopefully the foreseeable future, hopefully the rest of his prime. As long as Zach Allen's with Brent Strom, Zach Allen is going to put up Cy Young Award numbers. So I think these projections are way too low for Zach Allen because I would project him to have like a, if I'm being honest, I would say like a 2-9 ERA, a 2-8 ERA. I like the strikeout numbers. I like some of the other numbers but they think Gallon kind of benefited from positive Babbitt last year and they think some of that's going to have a negative regression this year so we'll see with that but I think Zach Gallon a 3.4 war after putting up above a five last year I think it's a little disrespectful for Zach Allen but really the disrespect comes for Merrill Kelly because I guess Zips doesn't think the D-backs have a real frontline rotation first they project Zach Allen to be more of a number two-ish Probably more of a two, uh, a number two-ish kind of starter, but they think Merrill Kelly's like a number four kind of a starter, if that, because right now they're projecting Merrill Kelly to have an ERA of, I have to find it because I have to scroll so low to see the ERA on here. They think he's going to have a 4-2-7 ERA, and not just that, only 160 innings pitch. If I had to smash the over or under when it came to his ERA or innings pitch, I'm going to smash the over on the innings pitch because we know... Merrill Kelly is a workhorse, and if he's healthy for just 30 starts, he's making he's pitching at least 180 innings pitch. And that 4.27 ERA, I probably won't smash the under on that, but I definitely think he's going under on that. Maybe he's not the low threes that we saw last year, but even so, I think he's going to pitch around a 3.7 ERA next year. Like that's what I would project Merrill Kelly. And the 160 innings pitch, just way too low for him. Merrill Kelly is a true workhorse. So I do think Zips are a little bit too conservative when it comes to the D-backs' front-line rotation. Another takeaway, the bullpen, according to the projections, looking pretty serviceable. Not too bad. I think Mantiply is going to have a 3-3-1 ERA, over 51 innings pitch. Cole Sulzer is going to have a 3-6-1 ERA, over 47 innings pitch. Ginkle, a 3-6-6 ERA, over 51.7 innings pitch. Miguel Castro, a 3-8-1 ERA, over 52 innings pitch. Tyler Holton of 386 ERA over 53 innings pitch. So those are five D-backs relievers that they project to have under a four ERA. The other relievers they project to have above a four. But if the D-backs have five relievers sitting around that three-five range, like that's gold. That's money. That's found money. That's finding money in between your cushions because that would listen. 
the the D-backs are probably not going to have an elite reliever next year. Like, we have to be honest. The D-backs are not going to probably have some dude that breaks out of nowhere and becomes the closer of the future. Like, unless the D-backs want to move Ryan Nelson, Dre Jameson, Brandon Fat to the back end of the bullpen, I can't see some D-backs reliever emerging next season and looking like this stalwart foundational piece for the future i'm not even said it i'm not even sure if i said a real word there but i don't think we're gonna all of a sudden think like kevin ginkle is now the best closing prospect the d-backs have over the next few years or louis frias just pops like right now if you get five guys with around a three five year in your bullpen next season you take that if you're the d-backs because i don't see any stars currently emerging i don't believe in a jb briscockis or corbin martin i believe in briscockis a little bit more but from what I've seen from those guys, it's hard to believe in any of them. So right now, if we get five guys around a three, five-year array, that is more than serviceable for a D-backs bullpen that has just been god-awful the last few years. They think Ryan Nelson and Dre Jameson are going to pitch like rookies. Like They don't think they're going to come out and pitch like the two five-year arrays like they had in the small sample size they had in uh, this past season. They think Dre Jameson is going to pitch around 135 or they think Dre Jameson's going to have 138 innings pitch with a 4.04 ERA. They think Ryan Nelson's going to have 135 innings pitch with a 4.05 ERA. So basically, Dre Jameson and Ryan Nelson is the Alec Thomas and Jake McCarthy of the pitching staff because they didn't know exactly how to project these two guys out. They basically said those two guys came up at the same time, pitched and debuted around the same time, put up similar numbers in their small sample size that they had in 2021 or excuse me, 2022. So let's just basically project them to have the same numbers in 2023. So if both of those guys pitch to a 404, 405 ERA, the very lowest of lows in the four year race, I'm definitely taking that from two really young rookie starting pitchers that really flashed a whole lot of potential for the D-backs in 2022. And then the last takeaway I have is Zips thinks Brandon Fat is going to be a star immediately, and I'm not mad about it because currently Brandon Fat is projected to have was this the fifth best ERA on the D-backs? They project him to have 152 innings pitch. I'm not sure if he's gonna start the season with the D-backs on the major league roster, but I would be very happy if he does. And a 3.66 ERA for Brandon Fat going nine and eight, 153 strikeouts and 152 innings pitch would be fantastic for a rookie we know Brandon Fat was basically the best strikeout artist we've seen from a minor league pitcher since what 2011 since like Matt Moore so Brandon Fat has potential to be the real deal how to break out 22 2022 season in the minor leagues I think before last year no one expected Brandon Fat to have that kind of high of a ceiling people thought yeah maybe he could be a good reliever but now it's like can Brandon Fat be a legit number three, number two starter in a rotation. Like, I don't know what the ceiling is for Brandon Fat. He seems to have really come on the scene just the last year, and maybe he's not done climbing yet, only 24 years old. Like, that's a really exciting thing about the future of this D-backs team. We always talk about the young outfield and the future and the promise from the Carrolls, the Thomases, the Varsho, and all that, but, like, this rotation can be nasty for years to come because Zach Gallen. 27, Dre Jameson, 25, Ryan Nelson, 25, and Brandon Fat, 24. Those three pitchers outside of Zach Gallon pop. This is an elite rotation for the years to come. And I'm very curious to see what the D backs are building in Arizona.
Let's look at some free agents that are still available that the D-backs can sign because the D-backs have been very quiet this offseason as we've discussed. Basically, the only free agent they've signed has been Miguel Castro. They've made little signings off the waiver wire and signed someone from international waters and made a couple of little low-key trades. But in terms of actual free agents from the pool, Miguel Castro is the only one. And now the pool keeps getting thinner by the day because I was like, hey, Justin Turner, why don't you come over to Arizona? Nope, you're heading to Boston where everything is on fire over there. I was like, oh, Brent Drury, that would be a nice reunion. Nope, announced on Tuesday that he's going to sign with the Los Angeles Angels. And by the time you guys listen to this podcast, because I'm recording it on a Tuesday to maybe I'll drop it on Thursday, maybe I'll drop it on Friday. But regardless, there's still a few options I think would be interesting for the D-backs. They could desperately, not desperately, but they could use another right-handed bat, specifically in the corner infield positions. They desperately need more bullpen arms. So let's look at some other free agents that are available that the D-backs should consider going after. I think the first one that I would potentially be interested in, depending on the price tag, if he's less than $10 million, is Trey Mancini, who is coming off a good first half with Baltimore last year, 92 games with Baltimore, 270 average, 750 OPS, 10 home runs, but really struggled with Houston, of course, missed the entire 2020 season due to cancer, but he's a dude with legit power, 21 home runs in 2021, 18 home runs in 2022. This is someone that was between 24 and 35 home runs pre-cancer, so I think he's a legit power bat, right-handed batter, 30 years old, first base, outfield, can back up Christian Walker, can play a little outfield if we needed to, and of course would be just a great DH option with some power. I would not be upset at a Trey Mancini signing at all. It would be a great story. I think it would just depend on money because I wouldn't want to give him a lot of money. I could do a two-year deal. I could give him a Justin Turner level deal, deal maybe two years, $22 million. I wouldn't be too upset with that, but we're definitely not going up to three years or more than that. This is just short-term money for all these guys that we're talking about today. Next guy I think that would be interesting and probably more of a need is Evan Longoria. Now, Trey Mancini's only 30, which is nice, but Evan Longoria turned 37 in October. So this is definitely a fossil walking among men. But even with that being said, still puts up solid power numbers because in 2021, 13 home runs in 81 games and 14 home runs in 89 games in 2022. 833 OPS in those 80 plus games in 2021 and a 767 OPS in those 80 plus games in 2022. This is someone who is definitely old, but still could provide pop, still provide leadership, Maybe the defense has fallen off a little bit, but I don't think he's a liability at the hot corner. I just don't think you want to play him there for 130 games. So if you could get that version of Evan Longoria that we've seen the last two years and like he's played 80 to 90 games of a sample size, I think that would be a perfect addition. The D-backs need a third baseman to platoon with a Josh Rojas. I mean, they have Manuel Rivera, but I honestly would rather go to Evan Longoria because I think he's a little bit more stable. I trust him a little bit more. I'm just not a big Emmanuel Rivera guy, so I would like the D-backs to go put $5 million in the pocket of Evan Longoria. How about this one? I don't think this is a big need because the D-backs have so many young pitchers, but the D-backs want to add another starting pitcher just in case for insurance policy one of their young guys gets hurt or don't work out. How about Michael Waka, who I don't think would be too expensive, coming off uh, basically a revival year with the Red Sox, a revitalization year because he pretty much was not a very good pitcher from 2021 to 2019. Like He was pretty mid and 
Basically, if you look at his numbers since 2016, he basically only had one good season since 2016 before this past year. And 2022, a 3-3-2 ERA. He had a complete game shutout at one point, 127 innings pitch, uh, a good whip, a 1.15 whip. Like, that was really the key. His control got a lot better, stopped giving up so much hard contact. And it's like, maybe Michael Walker could be a solid pitcher in your rotation. I don't know if he's as good as what he showed last year, but... If you're bringing him to be your number three and number four starter, maybe your number five starter, you just put Dre Jameson and Ryan Nelson as your three, four with Michael Walker as your number five, especially if Brandon Fatt doesn't start the year with the D-backs, I would not be upset given a one or two year deal to Michael Walker because I think he could help round out this D-backs rotation. And I think it would also make up spiritually for trading for Shelby Miller just because those two used to be the future of the Braves rotation. Now, I also got some relievers here, and these are maybe yes, maybe no, but I'm feeling like two of these three guys you guys would be happy with, and then there's one guy that I, I feel like no one really wants on their team, but if you signed him, you'd be like, ah, maybe, maybe it could work. The first guy is Alec Reyes coming off, um, I think, an injury-riddled season with the Cardinals, but he still showed so much promise. What was it, 2021 or 2022? where he just burst onto the scene. I think he used to be a top prospect for the Cardinals. Yeah, in 2021, didn't pitch at all this past season because of injury. But in 2021, a 3-2-4 year ray, double-digit strikeouts per nine. The walk rate is insanely bad. His whip is bad, but this is someone that has elite stuff, some of the best stuff, some of the nasty stuff you've seen coming off the injury-riddled season. I don't think it would cost a lot of money. I think it would be a great reclamation project and i would definitely love to see him in arizona so i think alec reyes would be a great by low candidate this next guy is the guy who i think people don't want on their team but if we sign him people be like eh, i guess i think we can make it work or you might just get hella flashbacks from mark melanson because craig kimbrell is still out there and of course he was in the nls last year with the los angeles dodgers so he knows their Line up pretty well, hopefully, and he had a 3.75 ERA last year, still double-digit strikeouts per nine. If he was signed by the D-backs, he would be another guy we have to take ibuprofen whenever he's coming out the bullpen, take Advil for your headaches because he, he would be a guy where you feel like you're just shaking, you're nervous, you're, you couldn't control your hand movement because you're like, I have to sit on the edge of my seat with this guy because you never know if he's going to give up a home run or strike out the side. So I think it would be a fun roller coaster ride experience with Craig Kimbrell. And I still he I still think he'd be better than a lot of D-backs options that we throw out there from the bullpen. Then the last guy I have, and then Craig Kimbrell also, I should note, that he was left off the uh, left off the Dodgers playoff roster. So that should let you know how confident the Dodgers were in throwing him out there in a big game. And then the last guy is Corey Nebel, who is another guy that missed the last couple months with the Phillies with injury, but he was solid to start the year with the Phillies. He had a 3-4-3 year, right? He was signed to be the closer, ended up losing his closer job, but I do think he's still a solid setup man, back-end reliever, high-leverage guy, can still do some things, can still be a spot closer for you if you need. He just got experience, and I don't think he's bad, and he's not too old. 31 years of age, I would take a Corby Nebel in this D-backs bullpen because this D-backs bullpen is still not very good at all. So that's it for this edition of the Lockdown Diamondbacks podcast. I should have told y'all 
We are now just doing three days a week when it comes to podcasts. I forgot to say that. I should have mentioned that two podcasts ago, so I apologize for that. But three days a week now for podcasts, so that's it for this week. So come back next week for more Dimebacks News coverage insight. Thank you for making Locked On Dimebacks your first listen every day. Make your second listen of the day, the Locked On Sports Today podcast, where you go behind the scenes and beyond the scoreboards with insights from your local experts from the Locked On Podcast Network, available wherever you get your podcasts and on YouTube. And as always, stay safe. Stay healthy and enjoy Christmas, everybody. Deuces!